And now, coming to you straight from the Randomosity Podcast Network Studios, it's Randomosity Sports with your hosts, Reed Rip Ripley and Frank Beefcake Monroe. Hello and welcome to yet another awesome Randomosity Sports Podcast here on the Randomosity Podcast Network. I am your host, Frank Beefcake Monroe. Alongside me, Reed Rip Ripley. All of them are awesome. That, I, I think so, too. That, one well, this is another other. one. This is another awesome. Another one. Yes. And another one down, and another one down. Another, another one, one bites the, the dust. dust. I don't know. It's crazy. Darn, darn. Oh, by the way, this is in no way sports-related whatsoever, but did you know that Weird Al's going to be on the Goldbergs? Really? Yeah. As, okay, I can't believe the Goldbergs is still around. Are you kidding me? It's a great it, show. Is it good? It's amazing. Am I missing out on I something? I love the Goldbergs. When, when I first saw those previews of that coming out, it, just, it looks so bad. The only crime about the Goldbergs is that it's sandwiched between stupid shows like The Middle and Modern Family. Okay, Modern like, Family. I'm not a Modern Family guy. It. I haven't watched it recently, and I've heard it's really tally, uh, trailed off in recent uh-huh. seasons. But that the first three seasons or so were. I watched awesome. one episode, and it just annoyed me, so I I never watched it again. I th- I thought the first three seasons were hilarious. Fair enough. The middle, eh, it's got that weird kid. It's <laughs> like, like that's some, all I know about the middle. There were some moments. It's got that weird kid. It's got the janitor from Scrubs. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. That's like the only reason I gave it a shot. Fair like, enough. I like him. Makes sense. He was funny. And the wife's name is Frankie. Like, yeah. I just know that because it records the last little scene of it before the Goldbergs. <laughs> like, you just get like one little semi uh, pretty chuck, much chuckle like, and then it goes ah, into the Goldbergs. That's a show I'll never watch, but at least I got one left. Anyways, let's talk sports. 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 We'll, we'll save the, the, the fun Goldberg talk for a randomosity podcast. Um, so lots happened this week. Uh, let's let's start off in the world of football, shall we? Well, it is the most important thing going on right it now. It is. Well, not this week, but next week it'll be good again. Well, yes. Yes, this well, week. What are you talking about? We got the Pro Bowl this week. Nobody gives a rat's ass about the Pro Bowl. Michael Irvin and Jerry Rice do. Just because it's the only thing that makes them relevant at the end of the year. <laughs> hey, Irvin's got his little thing on Sundays. Oh, by the way, tomorrow is actually the Pro Bowl draft. So I've heard that's teams. actually much better than the Pro Bowl. I bet it is. It's, I, I it's supposed you. to be incredibly entertaining. Think Urban's like jumping around like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take him. He's a stud. Primetime selects. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, it, it has to be, right? It's like real fantasy football. Like, you literally are drafting the actual it's, player. It's probably exponentially more entertaining than the actual Pro Bowl. Oh, I bet. In which most of the shots on the Pro Bowl during the yeah. broadcast is guys goofing around on the sidelines. <laughs> well, the Pro Bowl, I mean, honestly, is probably just for people who want to take their family on a vacation to Hawaii yeah, or, it's, or it's for, like, first-year kids who want to claim bragging rights. Exclusively for players who have little kids, want to yep. go to Hawaii on a paid ticket. Or guys that are, you know just want to hang out. A bunch yeah. of their friends are going to be there. and Got nothing else to do. Collect a check. Yeah. The, the third or fourth tier guys that only got there because the three guys in front of them said, nah. Exactly. The I alternates wanna, who actually are going to go. <laughs> like Richie Incognito is going now. Well, why wouldn't he? <laughs> well, <laughs> of course. Why wouldn't he? Him and Indomitian Sue and. Uh, Throw around enough gay you slurs. Know? You can make it to the Pro Bowl too. <laughs> Vontae's perfect. He should be there. <laughs> he should. Uh, bring them all. Just count that as his first uh, suspension game. Like, Greg Hardy, bring him along. There you go. 
That's what we should make it a convict bowl. We should get Jerry Jerry Jones to to start it up, and every year anybody who gets in trouble with the league plays in a bowl game together. But there are no rules. Be like the bloodbath bowl. Prison rules. Prison yeah, rules. Prison rules. Yeah. It's like the longest yard. Oh God, that would be so awesome. It'd be great. That I would watch ten times over the Pro Bowl. Pro bowl I'm the just longest saying. yard. Oh, this is a good idea. I'm gonna call Jer Bear. I'm gonna I'm gonna get him on this. He's Se- gonna hire secretary those anyway. Secretary, write that down. Call Jer Bear. She's got it. All right, good. All right. All right, let's move on to to fourth and long. All right, so my first down today. One day after the New England Patriots quarterback Tom Brady was hit twenty three times. It's a lot. This last Sunday versus the Denver Broncos. All-star quarterback, probably arguably the the greatest or one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, was hit 23 times, which is unheard of. That's the most in a decade since 2006. Since, since they, they started keeping since they the even stat. started keeping that stat. Exactly. <laughs> in regular season and postseason. Nobody's Insane. been hit that hard ever. Like a lesser that, quarterback that probably would have been pulled from the game for injury. Um, but anyways, so one day after that happens, oh, you think Tom Brady, in addition to all his other, he's magical. He's magical. He has like a recovery. Yeah. He has a healing factor. You know, he he does. Tom Brady has a healing factor. Do you think Bill Belichick would build a player, a a Tom Brady or, or Rob Gronkowski caliber player without putting the healing factor in them? So he built them now. You don't know this. So Tom Brady is an Android. Well, not an Android per se. Mutant. Yes. Per se. Yes. Like, think okay. Deadpool. Deadpool. So somewhere along, like, 2002, 2003. He was a member of Project X. He took him to Project yeah, X. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, Tom, I know this. Stryker and Belichick are the same guy. This is going to be painful. But <laughs> it's, um, it'll it'll work out better for both of us. It's it's know. worth it. It's worth it. Trust me. Let, let go, let go of my hoodie. Let go of my hoodie. <laughs> Tom, you're going to need to trust me. You think, you think Rob Gronkowski wasn't created in a lab? No, he was definitely a lab expert. I'm just saying. Uh, they put they put some gamma radiation in there, and anyways, um, so one day after Tom Brady takes all these massive hits, the uh, the New England Patriots decided to part ways with their offensive line coach Dave Guglielmo. Googly, oh sorry, D D Guglielmo. Oh okay, D Guglielmo. Uh, yes, it's um it's a very fun name to say, but it's a very unemployed man. So uh, <laughs> extremely unemployed. Now let's let's keep in mind he held the position for the past two seasons. He replaced the longtime assistant Dante uh, Scarnecchia, or Star- Scarnecchia. Sorry. Hey, oh, what is Scarnetia, with all these Italian hey. names? Like it's, it's that's tough. from the northeast. Hey, hey. welcome to New England, Fangula. <laughs> Anyways, so offensive line mm. coach, hey, I'm your man. (laughs) So after after we'll call him Dave, Dave D, Dave, Dave D's uh, first year on the job, the Patriots allowed only 21 sacks, which was the fourth fewest in the entire NFL. The team won the Super Bowl, obviously, last year. And uh, the offensive line, which this year there was a don't get me wrong. There was a huge string of injuries. um, And in 2015, they were playing with three rookies who totaled more than 50 percent of the snaps. Um, unfortunately, that contributed to the sacks total, the sack total raising to 38 this year. So last year, 21 sacks. This year, 38 sacks. Now, you you mentioned it's it's been haphazard line all year. Yes, They've been absolutely. Interchanging parts. Guys have gotten injured. The New England Patriots offensive line is by far their their Achilles heel. It's the they weakest lost, part um, of the whole team. What's the guy from Colorado? Uh, Nate Solder. They yeah. lost Nate Solder early in the season. So is especially based on last year's performance from the offensive line when they still didn't have very many good pieces. Mm-hmm. 
is this fireable? One game where well, they almost a, doubled the sacks from last year's, which which last year's line wasn't anything impressive. No, but the, at least it was healthy. Exactly. But to double your sack ratio? I don't know. I mean, and to let your quarterback get hit twenty three times in a in a championship game? I guess it's not the most unexplainable firing, but I don't think it's the worst firing year. that happened this year. But no, I, I understand why it happened. Like, I'm, I'm sure there was something else there too. I guess but. I get it. You know how Belichick is. If it's eh, not it's working, Belichick. get rid of it. Exactly. You're fired. Pretty much. Get out of here before I call the cops. One of these days, Tom Brady's going to have that awkward conversation with Bill Belichick. Gronk standing at the door. Yeah. Come on, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on. Uh, second down. Uh, this one was... Once you found out what actually happened... Um, Oh, sorry. I'm actually I'm reading to the next uh, down. I apologize. Let's go back to second down. This this one is actually taking place of my beef of the week. Normally, I have something for those of you who listen at home. Uh, I have something that just really pisses me off in the sports world that I have to I have to vent about. Watch we, out. We call it Frank's beef of the week. Uh, this set the second down actually is taking place of that this week because it's so stupid and asinine that, that I just I, I didn't need anything else to be angry about. So after witnessing Cam Newton lead his team to a come-from-behind win over the Seattle Seahawks in Week 6 and then watching the Carolina Panthers star quarterback eliminate the Seahawks from the playoffs and celebrate the contest by throwing away a 12th man flag, the, the Seahawks' uh, stolen uh, saying and logo, if you will, uh, <laughs> one Seattle fan named Andrew Tilton, uh, that's right, Andrew Tilton, for anybody out there who likes common sense and wants to say something to this guy. Is this a fancy English butler? I, he should be, but I don't think he's fancy because of how stupid he is. Andrew Tilton. He's had enough of Cam, apparently. Away uh, with you, Mr. Newton. That's right. So, Newton's a, a fruit and cake. Uh, so, he has drawn up a petition with the hopes of banning Cam Newton from entering CenturyLink Field. CenturyLink Field, as we all know, is the Seattle Seahawks' home field stadium that looks like a giant vagina. Um, of course. Yes, it does. Every time I see it, that's Everyone what I think. Everyone knows this. It looks like a giant vagina. Okay. That's all I can think of when I'm watching Seattle play at home. It's just common knowledge. Exactly. I'm like, there's the labia majora and there's the labia minora. We're ah, in. Jeez. Anyway, so um, <laughs> in in his statement to draw up this partition, uh, partition, pardon He's my He's going to put up a literal partition. A literal partition that in, says, you shall not pass. In front of the field. That's right. Um, so Cam Newton is one of the most unprofessional, unsportsmanlike individual, individual, not individuals, individual. Good start grammar wise. That's right. On the face of the planet. So I say for the 2016, 2017, when, and, and this is literally like, this is a verbatim quote. When okay. the Panthers come to play in Seattle, he should be banned from entering the stadium. Andrew, uh, this is <laughs> Andrew writes in his petition. Uh, they should teach him to put his arrogance in check. Double exclamation mark. Oh, yeah. No, he's serious. So this is his, this is from his actual letter to the Seahawks. And then he adds he dislikes Washington as a whole anyway. So why not? Mo why not move to make this possible? So far, this petition has 54 supporters. Now, where where do you get the idea that? Cam doesn't like Washington in general. Apparently because he tears down 12th man flags. I don't know. I don't I don't see the correlation. I don't see any bias <laughs> basis. I've never there. heard anything of Cam Newton hating Washington State. Like I, I don't stretch. get it. Yeah. But this this is this is what our Andrew Chilton uh Andrew believes. Chilton. So far his petition has fifty four supporters. The the real goal, however, was when I was reading this article, well, the, the I, comments I, section. <laughs> 
Um, which my favorite comment out of the entire comment section was, you couldn't even keep Cam out of the end zone. How are you going to keep him out of an entire stadium? Ah. <laughs> well, those 54 supporters, it's, it's, I saw it's a really big get. He got Donald Trump. Oh, did he? So, yeah, Tr- Trump's on there. Yeah, it's a really impressive job. See, him. and I, I just saw Bernie Sanders comment about you know how he should be free. So <laughs> <laughs> he's just Trump's people are just sending out flyers to all these kind of crazy things. Tr- now. Trump just wants to build like, a wall. Is it crazy? Go ahead and put my name on it. It's good. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so good. Good luck, Andrew Tilton. Um, but unfortunately. If the Seahawks are going to host the Panthers at any point next year, uh, your petition has no weight whatsoever. Uh, however, wouldn't it be great if the Seahawks didn't play the Panthers at all next year? Like, I haven't do, seen their schedule they? yet. I, I don't know. I feel like that's a, a jump. They played them this year. Yeah. Well, twice. it's it's one of those things. Like, usually the out-of-division teams that you play are usually mix-matched each year. So, yeah. like, you never know who you're going to play out of your division the next exactly. year. Exactly. The teams have already been announced. Yes, so I, they've already announced their schedule. I haven't looked up the Seahawks schedule because, frankly, I don't give a rat's ass. But oh. um, it's Seattle. <laughs> I hate the entire state of Washington. So you are the one that hates I Washington. I am Cam Newton, yes. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, might might be just a little bit of bad blood there uh, between Andrew Tilton and Cam Newton. I think Cam Newton's going to come out on top. Oh, probably. Yeah. So uh, moving on to third down. All right. We had a, we had another handoff that didn't go anywhere, just like uh, the play calling of the Patriots against the Broncos. Tom and Brady, leading rusher. Speaking of the Broncos, <laughs> third down. Uh, the Broncos aren't taking any chances this Super Bowl Sunday. As the home team in Super Bowl 50, the Broncos get to decide which color they're going to wear, and they ah. decided not to wear orange. They didn't want to go Orange Crush? They don't want Orange Crush. John Elway told the Associated Press this Monday that the Broncos will be wearing white and they will t- when they take the field at uh, Levi's Stadium on February 7th. I like this. I like it when – I mean, and John Elway is a smart enough guy to know. He doesn't – he knows oh, yeah. that's not really anything. But and it, this is a move for the fans. Except for prop bets. Yeah. Prop bets are Prop bets, yeah. <laughs> we'll have a segment next week over some prop bets. We should. They're amazing prop bets for oh, the Super yes. Bowl. Uh, and for those of you listening at home, next week will be our Super Bowl preview show. Uh, we're pretty Bowl much going to be attacking all Super Bowl 50 next week. Um, so it'll be super fun. I want, I would want teams to do this more. Yeah. To cater to not only the fans, but probably some of the team members who are familiar with team history. Yeah, well, and I like when Psych- they mix it up. Psychology. I and, mean, And that's a big thing, too, is uh, as Elway continued to say, we've had Super Bowl success in our white uniforms. One um, for one. Now, keep in mind, the, the Broncos have played in a total of seven Super Bowls, and in two of those, they were white. In Super Bowl 33, the Broncos beat the Falcons while wearing white. Uh, however, they're not undefeated in white uniforms. Unfortunately, in Super Bowl 21, the Broncos lost to the Giants wearing white. Wow. The good news about this, though, however, is that this will give Carolina their choice of wearing the teal or the black. Um, They're wearing black. Are they? Have they officially announced it? I think I saw they're wearing black. I didn't see that yet. Uh, Now, the Broncos are 0-4 while wearing orange, and all those losses have been blowouts. So this is probably a good call on Elway's part. Um, (laughs) It's like the same thing with the Cowboys. Their Navy jerseys, they have a horrible record at that's home, true at home in their navy jerseys that's true they they attempted fate a couple thanksgiving ago against the redskins they wore this and everybody in dallas is going what are you doing don't you know <laughs> for 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 i mean i'm sure anybody listening to the show is a sports fan so they and, all know about superstition by the way redskins that game destroyed the yeah. cowboys well it's a thing sometimes the indians win 
When it's Cowboys and Indians, sometimes the Indians win. Too bad we didn't have any blankets on hand. That's right. Oh, God. Keep them warm. <laughs> With yeah. Eva. Yeah, sure. So uh, besides the four losses in orange, uh, the Broncos also have worn blue in one game where they beat the Packers in Super Bowl 32. Um, and then as for Carolinas, uh, which you said they've, they've officially said they're wearing black, um, but they do still have that option. So Carolina, they've gone three and zero while wearing teal during the regular season, and six and zero while wearing black. Of course, remember wow. it was an near perfect season. So uh, pretty much anything they're wearing, they won. Do you remember what they were wearing in their one loss? Uh, that was against two again. That would, of course, be the Dirty Birds of Atlanta, which, of course, means they're wearing white. So, question answered. So, that's that's something fun. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be a little bit different to see the home team wearing white. So, uh, look look forward to that. And we'll talk a little bit more about that next week. Now, the fourth down is um, talking about the Panthers. You notice how I tied all these in so they link together? Ooh, it's kind of fun, I right? like the flow. Yeah. yeah. Program. That's right. Just like Progressive, I have mad flow. Um, <clears throat> Ronda nope. Rousey was on SNL. That's all you need to know about that. <laughs> Horribly. Anyways, um, so fourth Magicale. down. Hell. So last week, uh, went during the <laughs> damn it, during the uh, the NFC blowout championship game between the Panthers and the uh, the Cardinals of Arizona. Luke uh, Kukli um, got to the Panthers locker room after Carolina's NFC title win over the Cardinals on Sunday. The first thing he probably did was apologize to his teammate, Roman Harper, because that's the humane thing to do after you knock the flap off someone's cornea. Oh, my God. Yes, that actually happened during the Panthers win on Sunday. Sounds horrible. So let's review what happened here. Uh, on the second and sixth play for the Cardinals, Carson Palmer handed the ball off to David Johnson, who broke loose for a 23-yard gain before he was tackled by Harper. Unfortunately for Harper, he didn't tackle Johnson fast enough for Kukli's liking uh, because after Harper made the hit, it looked like Johnson was going to gain another foot or two on the play before he went down. And as we all know, Luke freaking Kukli doesn't like anyone to get extra feet, especially oh, no. during a tackle. Oh, no. So the Panthers linebacker came to help Harper with the tackle. You know, nice guy helping his teammate out. Kukli hit, Kukli's hit left Harper on the ground in some serious pain. Initially, everybody thought that Harper had a concussion from the hit, but that wasn't the case at all. Harper was actually hurting because the flap on his cornea had shifted out of place from the hit. Now, what is the flap of your cornea? Well, your cornea, you know, is the uh, the, the the big the part of your eyeball, like the front part of the, your eyeball. The part the, of the, your the, eyeball. The skin on the front. That's your, your cornea. You know? Okay. Uh, well, what had just happened is um, Harper had actually just had LASIK surgery done. Oh. So his eye was already, you know, in... In a state of flux. Yeah, but he was healed. It just, everything wasn't the way it normally is. So the hit actually knocked a lot of that loose. And so not only was he blinded, but in extreme pain. Um, the good news is, however, that he uh, was able to take some medicine. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming eye drops of some sort. And uh, it got cleared up. So he'll be fine. He's expected to play in the Super Bowl. Everything's great. Um, but just keep that in mind. If you're going to have LASIK surgery done and then sign up to play in the NFL. That's, that's a possibility. Keep in mind, if you have LASIK surgery, <laughs> do not go anywhere near Luke Keekley. Yeah, because he, he will. Oh. See, you always say Keekley so much better. Like, I always try to pronounce it phonetically. Well, it's Keekley, not I know, I know it is, but every time I see it, I, I just say Keekley. I try to just slide it in there. I, I not, know I say it wrong. I know I do. Not be a dick about it. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, it's Keekley. But every time I see it, I have to pronounce it phonetically. I don't know what it is. He's one of the few people whose name I just cannot pronounce correctly. <laughs> It's it is what it is. It's all right. I, I think you'd be okay with. He's it. my he's my Paschetti. Okay, Paschetti. 
You know, some people can't say spaghetti. Oh. They say paschetti. Like, like a four-year-old. Year old. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but anyway, so that's the uh, that's the fourth. Wow. Oh. So that's the. <laughs> Watch out, Batman. Wow. Wow, you're just knocking around the dark night like that. That's that's crazy. Uh, so that's fourth and long for this week. Um, we're mixing things up a little bit this week, and we're actually going to go into uh, Reed. You have your odd sports grab bag. Odd sports grab bag. Carry it with me at all times, just in case some odd sports just pops into the narrative. Well, there you have it. There are plenty of odd sports out there. All right. First up, do you get your odd sports from uh, obscure sports quarterly? Yeah, OSQ. Well, I've got my sources. Or ESPN Atheocho. I've, I've got sources. 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 <laughs> Don't worry about it. The champion midget tossing they may, uh, captain. They may be of mystic means. Wow, going mystic. I'm not gonna de- I'm not gonna say, but that's fine if you just, get mystic abilities. Just trust my sources. All right. First up, we go to Saint Petersburg, Florida. Hashtag Florida man. If you know, if I'm going to Florida first, you know it's gonna be good. Anytime you're in Florida, there's something crazy happening. So there's a swim meet going on outdoors. Okay. Like a junior swim meet. All right. And they're doing the breaststroke. Is this know? recently? Yeah. This past week. In in winter? Outdoor swim it's meets Florida. in winter? I mean, I know it's Florida, it's but still. It's probably a heated pool. I don't know. It should be cold for them, right? Oh, I mean, probably. All right. Well, fair enough. It's probably a heated pool or something. That's Any- fine. That's fine. Go anyway, ahead. Sorry. They're outside. They're in this swim meet. They're doing the breaststroke, the one where you pop up and then go back onto the water every so often. Uh-huh. And it's a normal race. There's about eight lanes. Mm-hmm. Everything's normal. And then all of a sudden, a huge pelican flops down out of the screen, <laughs> lands in one of the lanes uh-huh. right in front of one of the swimmers. Oh, no. And it's just chilling there. <laughs> and the swimmers are – and it wasn't like it was behind the swimmer to where it wasn't a big deal. The swimmer was coming right at it. Yeah. And you could see – I think it was a, a girl pop up and uh-huh. then like see the pelican and then – Go back down. <laughs> but to her credit, she kept on going. Yeah? So she, did she swim under the pelican then, or did it no, take off? No, she got close enough, and then the pelican flew to the next lane Okay, where the next swimmer had to deal with it, uh-huh. and then it went to the next lane where another swimmer had to deal so with it. So multiple swimmers had to deal with this. Oh, issue. yes. Okay. And by my knowledge, this was not Anthony Davis. No? But I'm not positive. <laughs> it all, was a different all, pelican? All I know is that it was a pelican. <laughs> So I'm not sure. You know if it's Anthony Davis. You just have to look <laughs> at the eyebrows. Flapping around you just out have there. To look. <laughs> <laughs> flapping around. Hey, ladies. <laughs> Eventually, the thing flew up and landed on a roof. And right on. But pelicans are aggressive they're, birds. They're very aggressive. They People aggressive don't know birds. this. People gave the pelicans a lot of crap when they picked that as their mascot. Have you ever fought a pelican? But they're native. There you go. They're native to that area mm-hmm. of Louisiana. They're fierce. Those oh, things. Oh yeah. Have you seen the video of the pelican that some kids are feeding it and feeding like pigeons around it and the pelican? Oh, it eats the pigeon. Yeah, it yeah, just yeah. bends down. <laughs> gone. Gobbles up the pigeon in one bite, and the yep. kids are oh, sorry. They're, Welcome they're to nature. Yeah, they will, they will hurt you. That's true. So thankfully, no swimmers were hurt in the making of this. That's why I video. claimed BS and the Little Mermaid and and Finding Nemo. You know, the pelicans yeah. just swoop people up, and not so much. Not so much. Next up in the grab bag. Uh-oh. You're digging deep. So the Panthers, or not the Panthers. The Panthers. The, the Patriots, mm-hmm. we all know they lost in Denver. It happens. This it was happens. in Denver. Yep. So outside at Mile High Stadium. Okay. After the game. Somebody Ima- was having intercourse imagine, with their cousin? No, no, no. Okay. It's Denver. I don't know. Ima- this is not Arkansas. <laughs> this is Denver. Denver is the Arkansas of the Rockies, okay? <laughs> okay. Imagine you're a Patriots fan. 
I just, can. I can imagine that. <laughs> well, yes, but put yourself in that space of a Patriots fan leaving okay. Mile High. Okay. So you're devastated. Yeah. You've been drinking beer during the game. Sure. You, you were holding it all game because you did not want to miss any of the action. They missed that two-point conversion. They don't get the onside kick. Oh, shucks. You're done. The Gronk wide open two-point conversion, mind you. But you don't use any of the bathrooms in the stadium because they're all full because people are leaving. Yeah. So you go out to the parking lot. And you find a nice porta potty. Mm-hmm. You go in there oh, as no. a Patriots fan, and you just relieve yourself. Finally, have a moment of peace where you can just reflect and not think about the game. Just think about relieving yourself. You should never use a porta potty ever. All of a record. sudden, the world starts shaking. Oh no! And you flip, and fecal matter goes everywhere. I would murder somebody. Now this was probably the case for whoever was in this porta potty in this viral viral video uh-huh. that a Broncos fan took. Some Broncos fan tipped over a porta potty with a Patriots fan inside after the game. See, that's not cool, man. No, it's not cool. That's not cool. I, I don't care how much you hate a team. You should never take it out on a no. fan. Can you imagine? That would be that awful. That fan has nothing to do with that team. If anyone's seen Jackass with Steve-O was in that big oh, yeah. porta potty slingshot, it's basically that, oh. except after, you're all in your Patriots stuff. And you've already experienced a devastating loss. Yeah, that's just adding insult to injury, man. Yeah, that's and the, these Broncos fans that were taking the video were cackling. <laughs> Look at this Patriots fan. It's just it's mean, man. And that's why I move that we should have the Broncos disbanded from the NFL before yes. the Super Bowl. Yes, yes. yes. Carolina's already going to win, so just, it doesn't matter. Just kick them out. That's right. Send them to San Antonio. You're done. Put put them in a porta potty and and tip them over. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> next up. Now, are you familiar with who John Rocker is? John Rocker. John Rocker. Former former major Basically league baseball player. Baseball right? player. Yeah. He's a pitcher for the Braves. Okay. Pretty good pitcher, but he was way more well known for his hot takes about specifically New Yorkers. Okay. And foreigners. <laughs> Back in 99. This might be why I blocked John Rocker out. <laughs> back in 99, he said he was asked if he would ever play for a New York team. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, I would retire first. Can you imagine? And I'm paraphrasing a little bit. Uh-huh. I'm sure there were some explicatives in there, right? <laughs> he said, no, I'd retire first. Can you imagine going on the subway? It's like you're going through Beirut. You've got on your left, you've got a 20-year-old mom with four kids, and you've got several people not speaking english and you got a queer with aids over there wow <laughs> he said all this oh shit no i do remember oh, yes. him now yes absolutely oh, yes. okay that that <laughs> yes yes i remember that very much and then he went on in another interview he was talking about foreigners in new york and he said it's unbelievable <laughs> you got all these foreigners the russians the japanese the koreans the mexicans you can walk all the way across town times square and never hear english spoken how these guys how these people get in the country this guy. Same way everybody got in the country. Yeah. So this By guy. boat. Noted bigot. Yeah. John Rocker. He has come out and as, said. As gay? No, no, no. Oh, damn it. He you can't come, say come out. Well, okay. It's immediately where people go. He has made a statement. Okay. That works, too. In an interview. <laughs> and said he is fully supporting Donald Trump for president. I'm not surprised. I'm no, not. This is the file this under. <laughs> yeah, so this is another public noted bigot that has thrown his lot in with Donald Trump. I, too, would like to come out and say that I'm supporting the Don. The Don. That's oh. right. Oh, no. Don't even joke. 
It's unbelievable. Well, I'm definitely not feeling the burn, so <laughs> it'll be okay. All right. <clears throat> Next up. This is my last odd sports grab bag item for You better today. make it extra odd then. Well, it is quite odd. It better be crazy odd. Missouri quarterback Matty Mock. He's pretty odd. He's uh he's pretty nuts. Yeah. He was dismissed from the team basically this last year. He was technically still on the team, which I didn't know till today. Mm-hmm. The team suspended him indefinitely after a video of him allegedly doing cocaine at oh. a party surfaced. Nice. The cell phone video. The funny thing about the video is you can't really get him for doing cocaine because it's like it's in a party. There's a table. It's just him. He does the the thing with the rolled up dollar or whatever, uh-huh. and he he sniffs the co- the line of coke on the table. Okay. But he completely misses it. <laughs> but but still proceeds to act like he got like a big hit. He's like, "Woo, yeah!" But like clearly, all of it is still on the table. Fair enough. So it's it's a it's a good little video. It's that so synthetic I, cocaine so that's actually know, invisible. I don't like, know if they can suspend him for doing cocaine because he obviously didn't get any. Technically, as far as especially with NCAA rules go, if you are at a party with narcotics, you can be suspended. So <laughs> well, there you go. So that that alone gives them basis. And apparently a, a teammate came out and said this was two years ago. Oh. So I don't know. Take that for what you well, will. That might be different then. But he was I mean, he was kicked out of the team basically for selling cocaine not too long ago. So well, this I mean, isn't this isn't that much of a jump. Well, maybe that was it. You're never supposed to get high on your own supply, is what I hear. So maybe he was trying so not to start the cocaine. That's what they were punishing him See? for. That's what it is. Anyway. <laughs> that's the odd sports grab bag. odd sports grab bag. All right. So, folks, we're going to actually take uh, our break here. A uh, quick commercial break. Allow you time to run, use the bathroom if you need to, so you don't have to go into a porta potty outside of Mile High Stadium. And uh, when Never we do that. Never, never do that. And uh, when we come back, Reed's going to hit us up with a little NBA four-point play, and then we're going to have the blue line, the hat trick of NHL news, followed by a very, very special, very sentimental and heartfelt read between the lines. Sure. Yeah? Yeah. I'm just – I'm trying to sell it. That's all that is. Oh, yeah. It's – it really tugs on the heartstrings. Fair enough. And down under right here. Anyways (laughs) – (laughs) So we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsors here on Randomosity Sports Podcast. Hey, folks, it's your old pal Beefcake here from the Randomosity Sports Podcast right here on the Randomosity Podcast Network. And today's episode is being brought to you by Yahoo Sports Daily Fantasy. Yahoo Sports Daily Fantasy, it's like fantasy football, basketball, baseball, whatever fantasy sport that you like, sometimes a fantasy. And every single day they have tons of different tournaments going on that you can sign up for select your favorite players uh you can bet real money you can win real money you can win lots and lots and lots of money and i'll tell you what right now if you go to randomositypodcast.com click on the yahoo sports daily fantasy link that we have on the randomosity sports page you can get a 25 dollar bonus just for signing up through Randomosity Sports with the coupon code WIN. That's W-I-N, which is exactly what you'll be doing if you go to randomositypodcast.com. And uh, yeah, you can go out there and start making some real cash. You can listen to Randomosity Sports. We'll help you out. We'll tell you what players you're supposed to be looking for who are going to have really big weeks, and you'll be able to play them and win real money. So go to randomositypodcast.com today to the Randomosity Sports page and click on that link 
for Yahoo Daily Sports. And don't forget to use that coupon code WIN, W-I-N, and tell them the beefcake and read the Rip Ripley sent you because you know what? We did. And now back to Randomosity Sports Podcast here on the Randomosity Podcast Network. Welcome back to Randomosity Sports Podcast here on the Randomosity Podcast Network. I'm your host, Frank Beefcake Monroe. And I am Reed Rip Ripley. Reed, thank you for not tipping over the porta potty while I was in there. You know, it was really tempting. That would have been terrible. Yeah. Been terrible, and I called you a knucklehead. For those who don't know, we're actually in a tent outside. Yes. We're reporting in, live. Out in the elements, and we got a porta potty just right outside the door. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't want my wang hanging out if I'm, I have to go. So put, put blue walls around me. Because just reached over and just kicked it right over. But, you know, I'm just not that kind of guy. Well, I appreciate that. That's good. That's good. Um, <laughs> so, uh,. What's Reed? What's going on in the NBA, buddy? NBA four-point play. Oh yeah, lot is happening in the National Basketball Association. No, I think one of your four points should be the fact that I actually watched an NBA game last night. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's one of the points. It should and be. You'll be able to commentate. On nice, it. nice. First up, though. Yes. Today, this happened today. Today. Well, this event happened yesterday. But today, this news came out. Okay. Blake Griffin. So it happened Monday the 25th. It's being reported Tuesday the 26th. Blake Griffin. Griffon. Griffon. Yeah. I can't pronounce Keekly, but Griffon. Hey, he's a Sooner. I don't have to pronounce I'm his gonna name I'm going to make correctly. it fancy. Griffon. Blake Griffin Would you like was about with that? <laughs> he was about to return from a quadriceps injury mm-hmm. this road trip, possibly tonight against Indiana. Yeah. Because he's been hurt for a while, right? Yes. Yeah. He's been out for the last 14 games for the Clippers. Did he tear a quadricep or was it? Strained it. Okay. So he that was that was all good. He was about to come back, but he has broken his right hand. Oh, no. Out four to six weeks due to an undisclosed team event or team activity. That's what it came out. That was the first thing that came from the sources, from the reporting and from the team earlier today. That was undisclosed An undisclosed team, team activity. Okay. In which he hurt his hand. Now, as the day went on, as is wont to do, mm-hmm. the internet revealed the story. Well, yeah, that happens. Griffin and an equipment staffer, and presumably other members of the team and staff, okay. were at a dinner in Toronto when they were up there playing the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Now, some argument ensued between Griffin and this staffer. Okay. And this staffer's last name is Testy, by the way. Testy? Yes. That's I'm ju- awesome. I'm just going to leave that right there. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick it up and run with it, but go for Do it. Do with it what you will. <laughs> his name is Testy. Okay, so Blake Griffin's having so, dinner with his Testy. So Griffin and Testy okay. are part of this dinner. Some argument happens. Griffin punches Testy in the face. Just randomly punches him in the face? As, there had to be some argument that happened. So he punches, okay. him, punches him in the face. Testy leaves. Uh-huh. He's outside the restaurant. Griffin follows him back out there, punches him again, oh. and breaks his hand. Wow. Now, a lot of rumors are flying around, obviously, about this. Uh-huh. I mean, this is such a juicy story. He punches a staffer well, yeah, in the NBA face star repeatedly punches, and breaks his hand. And a member of his own staff, too, this is, is a, the thing. This is a top 10 NBA player. Yeah. He's doing this. What makes it more complicated, Griffin and this guy are really good friends. Apparently not. No, going back, <laughs> going back a couple of years, uh, they have Instagram posts together. Yeah, like even to the point where Griffin. Wait, wait, Blake Griffin's posting pictures of his testes on Instagram. All and right. nobody. Sorry. <laughs> and I know I hit him the second time because if you ever just hit one testy, it hurts way worse. <laughs> sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I'll stop. 
So, <laughs> Blake Griffin and this guy were obviously friends going back years on their Instagram. Uh, it, like, even Blake posted happy birthday to him and posted a picture of him and stuff. Okay. And they even vacationed together. Like, th- these two were obviously... Lovers. Yes. Or friendly. 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 That's what I meant to say. <laughs> Sorry. Woo. Friendly. I mean, these guys are friends. So, you could look at this any number of ways, obviously. I mean, we have no idea what happened. Mm-hmm. We weren't there. But from the outside, this sure looks like your normal guy guy friends. Yeah. This happens from time to time, even with closest of friends. Reed, I apologize for that time I punched you in the <laughs> face. I didn't want to bring it up. But I didn't break my hand, so it wasn't newsworthy. <laughs> no, but, you know, some, and this doesn't yeah. happen with all guy friends, but in everyone's, every guy's known a friend or two that have gone to almost blows or blows yeah. over something. It happens. And it, it doesn't mean that they hate each other from that point on. It, I mean, in some cases, it turns into it's something. It's a man better, thing, okay? You wouldn't understand ladies. Well, it's it's stupid. Well, Actually, ladies punch each other way more than men do, I well, find. Well, girls have the thing where they're extremely passive-aggressive passive yeah. and that kind of thing and <laughs> hold on to grudges, and guys punch each other. There you have it. So I don't, there's, I don't know what to make of this. The only thing that is important right now is that Blake Griffin is out another four to six weeks. Yeah, and that's just that's a dumb reason to be out too. Yes. So, now, have they made any comments internally as far as any sort of uh, actions to be, that are going to be taken? The Clippers and the league are looking into it. Okay. Because I would assume that would come with a fine and maybe even some sort of suspension. Yeah, he may suffer some consequences from the league office from this. Yeah, which would be on top of the injury that he's got to recover yes. from. Yes. So the Clippers, like I said earlier, they've gone eleven and three without Blake Griffin. Mm-hmm. And if you look at stats going back even to last year and this year with him out on the floor, or him not on the floor, the Clippers' efficiency actually goes up. So what you're saying is the Clippers will do better now. Well, here's the thing. Whoa, <laughs> that was Harper, the <laughs> you, tiny you, dog. You couldn't hear people, but <laughs> we just received a large growl from the door. Yes, from a very tiny Shih Tzu. So if we go if we go off air here in the next couple minutes, call the police. It's either a critter, a gremlin, or a Shih Tzu. <laughs> I hope it's not a gremlin. Anyway, um, it's so in the short term, yes. This not having Blake Griffin makes them. You could say it makes them better because yeah. w- when he's not on the floor. Sure, he's improved his mid-range game, and he's extended out to 18 feet mm-hmm. over the past season and a half. But he still can't drag somebody out to the three-point line. So the spacing on the floor just doesn't work quite as well when he's not on it. Blake Griffin is extraordinarily talented, obviously. He's a top-ten mm-hmm. talent in the NBA. But offensively sometimes, at least for short stretches and for a while, especially in regular season play, you can plug in your average power forward who can be efficient from three, mm-hmm. and that will be almost as good or better that we've seen offensively, um, efficiency-wise, than having Blake Griffin on the floor. Gotcha. Because especially with this team, Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan running the pick and roll, they need space there. Mm-hmm. And when you have Blake Griffin in, it just clogs things up. Long-term, they're going to need him mm-hmm. because he's a top-ten talent. They're not doing anything in the playoffs without him case in point last season in the playoffs when they were when the Clippers were have going on their run Blake Griffin was had one of the best playoff performances best playoff runs ever he mm-hmm. was on fire he was destroying the world it was one of the main reasons why they beat the Spurs 
So yes, they'll yes they'll need him, but but not till the postseason. They can probably get by. Gotcha for a while without him. Okay. So that's that's the first point. Well, that's good news for them then. Second point. Yes. This is where you can you can come in. Hey, I get to contribute to the NBA. Warriors. They beat down the Spurs last night, 120 to 90. 30 points. 30 points. First meeting of the year. I cannot believe that you were so worried about the San Antonio Spurs okay. after watching them play last night. Hold on. I'll get it was the, a clinic, my friend. I'll get through the stats first. The, the third period, they had 19 points. I'm going to get through the stats I, first. I don't even have stats here. I know because I watched the game. I'm going to get through the stats. All right, go ahead. Go and for then I'll it. tell you why none of it matters. All right. Curry had 37 points and five steals, six of nine from three in 28 minutes. Which, by the way, for someone who's not a huge NBA fan, just watching him play, it's, it's it reminds me of the 80s, like watching when, when you watch Jordan play or when you watch Bird play. Like, it was amazing. He's clearly the best player in the league, and he's a general generational player at this point. Yeah, it's dynamite. It's it's like it's like when you watch the the Harlem Globetrotters, you see things you just don't expect. Curry, he, st- he they started off with Tony Parker on him. Mm-hmm. And oh, poor that Frenchman. Was a joke. Poor Frenchman. He just got he got annihilated. He did. He just got burned to a crisp. And then they put Patty Mills on him for a couple plays and that wasn't going anywhere. No. So then they put the defensive player of the year, Kawhi Leonard, the best on-ball defender in the entire league. Nobody better. Still didn't do anything. He couldn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Warriors, Warriors, including Curry, went 9 of 10 mm-hmm. against Kawhi, which is just nuts. Nobody does that. He's the best defender in the league. Yeah, and he was the, he was the one spur that I was actually watching because that was the, the guy that was hyped the most when I was doing my pregame, you know? Curry made him look silly a couple times. Yeah. It's, it's just, that just doesn't happen. The Spurs turned the ball over 25 times which is the most unspursian thing you can find in a stat sheet. I just love the fact that you used the term unspursian. Oh, yes. That's 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 going in the, the lexicon. They averaged 13 a game. Yeah. So they all, they basically doubled their turnovers. So I told you all those stats. It doesn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. First of all, Tim Duncan wasn't playing. Okay. And you can say all you want about how he's getting old and stuff, but he is an alien, and he's one of the top five to eight best players of all time. Yeah, but do you think he even compares to Steph Curry? Well, no, but because Steph Curry was amazing. It was like watching someone who's on a totally different level. Well, right. And it kind of, there's several things that skew this, and I'm going to get to those in a second. But Tim Duncan, the way the Spurs work is they have many integral cogs in their machine. Mm-hmm. Even a guy like Kawhi Leonard, who is clearly the best player on the team and one of the top five players in the NBA right now, he never dominates their play. Their okay. usage. It just doesn't happen. They, they all work as a fluid motion. And the Warriors do as well to a large extent, but you still have Curry going on stretches where he just annihilates everyone and he's yeah. the entire focal point. The Spurs aren't like that. So when they're missing a guy like Tim Duncan, especially against a team like the Warriors where they have no room for error, yeah. that's that's going to impact them. There were plenty of errors on San Antonio's part oh, last yes. night, trust me. Two, and Popovich is making a big stink about this, like huffing and puffing, like, yeah, we got killed out there. Like, I, I think he's just pretending. He doesn't care. No. That's the thing. The Spurs don't care about the regular season. They're going to – they don't care because they, they're good enough to where they don't have to. Mm-hmm. They're going to go out there. They're going to win between 62 and 66 games because that's just the way they're built. Yeah. That's just the way their offense and their defense flows. And then come playoff time, they're going to be the most rested team in the league because Popovich is a wizard. None of these guys are averaging more than 28 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. And 
that's that's when we're going to truly see what the Spurs have to bring to the table. Like the the Warriors this this is the best version of the Warriors we're going to see. Yeah. And it's it remains to be seen whether that's going to be enough to win a second straight title, but we know the Warriors aren't getting better. Mm-hmm. This is the pinnacle. This is the peak. I don't know, man. They're 41 and 4. They're not getting better. They just beat San Antonio by 30 points. That's what uh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> San Antonio, this is nowhere near as good as they're going to get. Keep yeah. in mind that they're only halfway through a season in which they're working in a major new part, LaMarcus mm-hmm. Aldridge. And Kawhi Leonard is still taking that mantle of truly the number one option. Mm-hmm. He, he developed that into the second part of last season, but this is his first full season as the guy. So, yes, it was a statement, but it wasn't nearly as devastating for the loser as it was – for the Cavaliers last Monday when the yeah. Warriors destroyed them. That's the other thing. This was in San Francisco mm-hmm. where they've only lost two of the last 62 games. So the Spurs weren't probably going to beat them there anyway. It's just it's easy to draw conclusions for four months from now from this game, and I think those are valid when you're talking about what they did to the Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. But for the Spurs, let's tap the brakes. Well, I just, you know, nobody was really questioning the inflation of the ball. So I, I think they'll be fine. You know, <laughs> they got away from it. That's right. That's right. Speaking of those Cavaliers, third point. Cavaliers. They fired head coach David Blatt this week. Oh, no. What He's, happened? Well, <laughs> he started 30 and 11, and they had won their last 11 of 13, only mm-hmm. losing the Spurs and the Warriors. Yeah. But they got destroyed those two games. Tyron Liu is now the head coach. They signed Where him. did he come from? He's been an assistant for a while. He played in the league okay. for 12 years. Um, he's been on the Cleveland staff the last three years, I think. Okay. So, the and no, this didn't really – it was a surprise for people around the league, but it, it wasn't at the same time. The timing was mainly the surprise of this. Because Blatt and Adrian Wojnarowski, one of the leading uh, writers – journalists on basketball for Yahoo. He had this big expose and report after this on LeBron and his agent, Rich Paul and clutch sports, their agency that they Mm -hmm. run. And he says he, and he's well, he's extremely well connected. So none of this, he's just pulling out of his ass. He's got sources that are telling him this stuff. So he's like Ian Rappaport with the NFL. Yes. Okay. So, the Wadge report said that LeBron and his agent, Rich Paul, had a preferred candidate in place from the very start, Mark Jackson. LeBron, The LeBron camp landed on Lou after um, David Griffin and the Cavaliers management made it clear that that was just not going to happen. They oh. were not going to hire Mark Jackson, which is a good move because Mark Jackson's not a very good coach. Well, there you have it. <laughs> to, a, to a point. I mean, he can bring along a young team and motivate them to get to a certain point, but he's not the coach to take you to championship. As is evidence when the Warriors brought in Steve Kerr. Yeah. And they went from a pretty good team, four or five seed, to one of the best teams in the history of the NBA. So the, the management just wasn't going to do that. And Mark Jackson's someone who's going to grade against management, and they're not going to deal with that. So they settled on Lou as a compromise candidate because LeBron has always wanted a former player to coach mm-hmm. him ever since he came into the league. So this is a quote from his article. Quote, from the beginning, the clutch sports, that's LeBron's agency campaign to puncture Blatt's standing as head coach had been as relentless as it was ruthless. James is one of the great leaders in pro sports and he directed the Cavaliers how he wanted them in complete defiance of Blatt. End quote. Well, there you have it. So 
Wadge makes this out to look like LeBron has been passive aggressively trying to get Blatt out of there for a year and a half. And it got to the point recently, apparently, where he was just flat out ignoring everything he was saying in practices. Oh, wow. And telling players to do that's, stuff. That's never a good thing. And so it, you don't know what to make of this because there's another report. Brian Windhorst of ESPN came out and said that LeBron had nothing to do with the decision, which is a bunch of bullshit anyway. Yeah. it's That's not true. Uh, well, I mean, it technically is true because LeBron probably didn't have to say anything, but he's been hinting for a year and a half. <laughs> that it's, Blatt was brought in initially to bring along the young talent that they had, Andrew Wiggins, mm-hmm. Tristan Thompson, those kind of guys, Kyrie Irving, and go from there. Two weeks later, they got LeBron, and everything changed. Yeah. And Blatt's been over his head the whole time trying to please LeBron, and apparently in practices, he would never even call them out on highlight film when they were watching film. Tyrone Lue had to step in and say, okay, stop this. LeBron, you did this. Kyrie, you did this. Yeah. Kevin, you did this. And see, so, that, just, that just hurts a team if the coach isn't willing to call them out. Yeah. Like, uh, there's there's no point in having a coach at that but point. But the, the, uh, the Coaches Association is up in arms about this, headed by Rick Carlisle, head coach of the Mavericks, and Greg Popovich. Yeah. They both are speaking out on – because this, this could be considered a – this was not a good firing. Yeah. I mean, he, he's 30 and 11, won 11 out of his last 13. The, well, but it, it could also and, be a big black eye, too, for the league if, if they're going to find players, out that players are choosing the coach. Passive aggressively yeah. forcing out coaches like this. That's just, it's not good for the coaches. It's not good for the league. Yeah. So we'll see what Teron Luke can do. The, the first game he coached them, they had their worst offensive performance of the year, yeah. and he looked. At one point, LeBron didn't like his cushion on his seat, mm-hmm. so he switched with Teron Lou. It's it's well, the, at least the, LeBron's it's butt a hail is, mary. Is it's a hail mary play because of just how clearly the Spurs and Warriors are out front right now. Yeah, they're they're looking for something to push them forward. But do you really think it was worth changing their coach? Because they're they're not they don't have a losing season. Like they're doing okay. I don't like, and they're the first seed in the East by four or five games, and the East is much improved this year. Yeah, so they. I, so I don't think that makes any sense. It didn't, and that's what the head coaches are saying. Okay, the and the NBA, the the coaches' association is saying this. This was a not. This was not a justified. It was an unjustified firing. Yeah, because if if you have a winning team, like why? Unless there's unless there's a personal conflict or something bad that happens that makes you have to fire him. Like it doesn't. Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. So we'll 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 keep tabs on this as the season. That shit don't fly in the NHL. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. Well, because the players don't have nearly as much clout. That, well, I mean, they they have clout. They just they don't care as much. They're, well, yeah. they're too focused on playing the sport. Well, yeah, yeah. That's well. I mean, that's what money does. I mean, the coach is basically like, change it up. Money, money, and exposure <laughs> leads the best players to think they own the league, which they uh, kind of do. Well, you know, sometimes, but that's just like when Jordan comes back a wizard. You know. Yeah. Anyways, uh, what what point are we on? The fourth point. Fourth point. Oh, by the way, yes. Last night there was another game on Hornets and Kings double overtime. Hornets won by one, one twenty nine to one twenty eight. Demarcus Cousins, he is just on a tear this year. In the past couple years, he went nuts. He scored fifty six, twelve rebounds, four assists, seven turnovers, and he fouled out. Wow, he's all over the place. If you ever watch him, it's ugly. It's bruising. He looks like he's. Bowl in a china shop everywhere, <laughs> just barreling over guys. 
three separate guys, Spencer Hawes, Marvin Williams, and Tyler Hansborough for the Hornets, all fouled out against him. Wow. He's he's just a raging machine, and he's so emotive. This when is DeMarcus Cousins? DeMarcus Cousins. Okay. He's so emotive when he's playing, too. He, he makes faces at the refs. He whines. Every imagined or real slight you can tell because he's making a big deal out of it. It's it's interesting. So he's the a one man show, is what you're saying. But he's a top ten player in the NBA. He's yeah. a phenomenal talent. He he's probably the best center in the league. I just want to point out for the record, you have said there are at least a hundred players that are top ten talents. No, your numbers don't Blake, stack. Blake Griffin, Steph Curry, <laughs> Demarcus Cousins, okay. LeBron. That, that's four. Yeah, and Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> I'm not saying just today. I'm saying over the over the history of the uh, the podcast so yeah, far. Well. Hmm. Everybody is a top 10 player in the NFL. All right. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. So, it's this is one of those subplots. DeMarcus Cousins has been rumored to be on the trading block for 2 years now. Mm-hmm. But the Kings want they want him there, obviously, because he's a center. He's producing. He's a, well, he's a centerpiece. Yeah. He's a, he's one of the few guys in the NBA that you can truly build around and have a championship caliber roster. But the Kings are so dysfunctional it doesn't matter. Yeah. Rajon Rondo actually had 20 assists last night, but he looked bad doing it somehow. Wow. How? how? Exactly. How do you – 20 <laughs> assists is huge. I know, but he's all over the place. Anyway, it's this is one of those th- – this game is a good microcosm for the NBA as a whole. Yeah. Because this season especially, the only teams that really matter are the Spurs, Warriors, Cavaliers, and Thunder. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is winning the championship this year. There's just – and even – the Thunder and the Cavs right now are a distant third and fourth. It's the Spurs Warriors. Yeah. But that doesn't mean there's interesting storylines across the league, too. The Kings and the Hornets are both on that playoff bubble. The Kings haven't made the playoffs in a decade, so that would be huge for them and their fan base. Mm-hmm. The Hornets haven't made it since they became the Hornets again. So, th- no, they don't matter, but, yes, they do at the gotcha. same time. That makes sense. In a, in a macro, no. In a micro, of course. There's many good storylines going on. If you just take the time to pay attention. Well, I will tell you one team that will definitely not be making it, and that is the Chicago Bulls. Uh, I caught I caught the end of the Bulls Heat game, uh, waiting for the the Golden State game to start, and oh my God, like just just the last two minutes, like they're only down by four points, but it's it was it was like watching a train wreck, and it was it was so horrible. I even texted you about it. I was like, yes. wow, this is. This is what basketball is. I don't know if I want to watch this whole game now. Yeah, but then you got to see Steph Curry. But then I got to see the so. ass whooping that uh, Steph Curry put on the Spurs, and it was just oh, it was amazing. The Bulls are hard to figure out. Yeah, they've got well another top ten guy in Jimmy Butler. But he is. <laughs> He's at least a top three shooting guard in the league. Gotcha. Well, that's that's for sure. Okay, that that I can go with. And Pau Gasol is playing incredibly well for his age. Mm-hmm. And not not even for his age. He's playing incredibly well for a power forward. He's averaging like two and a half blocks a game, mm-hmm. which shows that he really just didn't give a rip about playing defense in Los Angeles <laughs> those last <laughs> couple of years. And Derrick Rose, who's actually playing much better, improved. Yeah. But the, the pieces just don't all fit. And some games they look great, and some games they look like they're the eighth or ninth seed. So Fair who, enough. Who knows? Well, I was just saying, watching the last two minutes of that game, I was like, I don't know about this. And that is the NBA four-point play. (laughs) I got to get one of those horns. Yeah, we got to get some sound effects up in her. All right, so next up, moving from the the pine courts of the NBA to the hard ice of the NHL, it's time for the blue line, a hat trick of NHL news. 
Boom. That's right. So, period one here. The Anaheim Ducks forward, Sean Horcroft, was actually suspended for 20 games without pay uh, as of today. I saw this. For violating the NHL, NHLPA um, performance enhancing substance program. So what happened is he was actually recovering from an injury that he had last fall. And there was a new treatment that was supposed to help expedite his healing from this. And so he, he tried um, he tried some new medicines and stuff to, that were supposedly going to help him with that. Unfortunately, the, the, the actual uh, medicine uh, or whatever you want to call them that he used, the supplements that he used to get better from this injury are on the banned list by the the National Hockey League Players Association. Did he have them delivered to his house to his wife? He did not. This was not this was this was not a, uh, okay. a Peyton Manning thing. Um, he actually it, his his statement was while recovering from an injury I suffered this past fall. I tried a treatment that I believed would help speed up the healing process. Although I was unaware that this treatment was not permitted under NHL rules, that is no excuse whatsoever. I should have done my research. I should. Have, I take full responsibility for my actions, and I'm sorry. Uh, throughout my entire career, I felt genuinely blessed and honored to play a great game of hockey, Hashtag and I regret blessed. the impact. Exactly. But that, that's that's the thing. He um, He's very open about it. He says, hey, I screwed up. I should have done better research, all this stuff. It wasn't like steroids or anything like that. They haven't released what the actual substance was. But it was one of those things that was kind of like on the on the line, like technically it falls under substance, you know. How big of a player is this? Are we talking? Well, Sean Horcroft, he's he's decent. I mean, he's a forward for the Anaheim Ducks, so he's he's good. He's not like a he's not an all star by any means, um, but he's he's definitely a solid solid forward, um, and that's that's one of the things. But um, so it's it's not going to hurt the Ducks, I don't think at all. But at the same time, it's it's just one of those things where it's because somebody doesn't know something. And I truly believe him and, and the, his coach and, and the staff, the front staff in Anaheim do as well. Um, so it's, it's one of those things. He is suspended for the 20 games. But based on the Ducks current schedule, I mean, he's going to be returning in March, like early March. Um, the only way and it could even be faster, depending on when they reschedule the, the game that was snowed out with the Washington Capitals. So um, we'll see. We'll see. But, uh, I mean, it was interesting enough to bring up for the simple fact that I think there's a lot of things out there that, that some of these players, they don't, they don't even look. You know, like you just assume, okay, well, steroids are bad or HGH or things like that. You know, obviously I can't use those, but there, there are a lot of medicines and supplements and things like that that normally you wouldn't even consider. But they, they could potentially uh, get you out for 20 games. Yeah, and th- this has happened in the NFL several times too. I believe Dwight Freeney, this happened to them, yeah. uh, to him a couple of years ago. He was suspended four games for it. Uh, they just they have all these health professionals and team doctors and all these all these different people telling them all this stuff to take, mm-hmm. and they just say okay. They're like, you're the professional. You know what's yeah, going to happen. They yeah. just trust that, and I get it. But at the same time, you have to. And he said this much in his statement. Oh yeah, absolutely. you have to check. And he took full responsibility for it. Like he was like, yeah, I screwed up. I didn't. I didn't do my research. But yeah. So, so that is what it is. That's period one. Let's move on to period two. Get a little more ice time here. Now, the NHL, <laughs> there is a recent trend that has happened the last two days, and um, it might even happen tonight as well. Can you call it a trend if it's two days? Two days back-to-back, and it's a very unusual occurrence at different games for different teams. So I'll allow it. Yes. Another NHL fan appears to be in line for a dog. Thanks to a player oh, scoring a goal. Oh, I saw this. Yes, I would have totally pulled this. If I Actually, this fan should probably get three dogs uh, for the simple fact uh, that 
Cam Atkinson is amazing. So a young Columbus Blue Jackets fan brought a sign to the game against the Montreal Canadiens um, on Monday. And it said her dad said she could get a goal. She could get a dog if Cam Atkinson scored a goal because it was her birthday. Atkinson went on to not only score one goal, but he scored an entire hat trick uh, for the 5-2 win against the Canadians. Um, so does this mean she gets that dog from the the Hades myth, mythical creature dog, the three headed dog, the cereb cerebrus or whatever? Cerebus, yeah, yeah, cerebus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she could, or she could get Fluffy from Harry Potter, you know, and any three headed dog really. <laughs> really, uh, take your pick. Any yeah, of them three. The dog dogs. that guards the river sticks, you know, whatevs. Um, <laughs> but this was the second straight day in a row, which is what makes this even more fun. Um, so not only with Cam Atkinson and the Columbus Blue Jackets, but on, on Sunday, Ottawa Senators forward Bobby Ryan scored a goal uh, because there was a young fan there named Cole Jensen who actually had a similar sign uh, when they were playing against the Rangers. So both of them. And uh, on Monday, Atkinson actually uh, commented, she said, or he said, um, I saw actually the Ottawa game and the sign for Bobby Ryan. I just hope the little girl tonight names that dog after me. Nice. Now, Cam Atkinson has had 30 points, uh, 16 goals, and 14 assists in this in the last 49 games this season. So, so he's he produces. Atkinson is a goal scorer. Right? There was a good chance he was going to score a goal. So but to score a hat trick like that. Um, and Bobby Ryan is he a, much of a goal scorer? Bobby Ryan scores goals, but not not to the to the point that Cam Atkinson does. So if you're the dad, yeah. You've got to go with more of a Bobby Ryan type. Yeah, you, yeah. You got to leave it up to a little more chance. <laughs> if you like, if if I was a kid and I was going to a Stars game and my dad was like, "All right, if Jamie Ben scores a goal, then like you I'm can getting have, a fucking dog." He's yes. like, "Yes, I'm getting a dog tonight. <laughs> I, that's going to happen." Well, and the fun thing is, it's it's actually caught on in the NHL. Like Sidney Crosby, I don't have this written down here, but I was reading Sidney Crosby actually made a mention about their game against the Devils tonight, and he's like, "Hey." I, I hope that I get to win some kid a puppy too. Like if some kid shows up with that sign, I'll go. I'll gladly go score a goal. Um, so it's, <laughs> we're gonna see much more goals exactly because the players are motivated to get puppies for. I'm gonna go to an NHL game and hold up a sign. Like that's that's. <laughs> You know what? I'm going to do this with my girlfriend because I've wanted a dog for a you while should. now. I just be like, all right, we're going to go to a Stars game. <laughs> and if Tyler Sagan scores, she doesn't know he's a goal scorer. Yeah. If Tyler Sagan scores, <laughs> we get a dog next week. That's a good call. That's good. You'll have a puppy before you know it. Um, all right. So moving on from, from puppies to um, something else that makes all of our hearts go pitter-patter around this time of year. Period three. That's right. It is time for the All-Star game. That makes your heart go pitter-patter? It makes my heart go pitter-patter. It's right. very exciting, especially this year with the new three-on-three uh, -three format for the All-Star game. Uh, and what's his name? The guy that beats everyone up. <laughs> the guy that beats everyone up. Yeah. Yes, that guy as well. What's what, his name? Are you looking for a specific guy? Well, the guy that got in because of all the fan votes. Oh, uh, John Scott. <laughs> yeah, 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 that guy. Is uh, he going to go out there and just throw his gloves off and just <laughs> swing? That would be great. We will see. We will see if it gets to that. But on three on three, you don't have a lot of time for fighting because the, it's so fast paced. So. Not have the fighting and just clothesline a couple I'm sure guys. I'm will have a then, bunch of checks. He'll, he'll probably up, put some yeah. people into the boards. But um, so this Saturday will actually be the All Star Skills Competition, and then on uh, the 31st, which is Sunday, we're going to have the All Star Game, which is now a three on three tournament. 
Uh, for this, I wanted to, because the official rosters have been listed for the All-Star game, uh, so I just wanted to real quick go through those because being a three-on-three tournament, they're not as big as they normally are. Right. So it's it'll be easy to get through. So for the Atlantic Division, uh, the forwards for the Atlantic Division, first we have the – and all of the captains of these teams were fan favorite, like they were voted on mm-hmm. on NHL.com. So the uh, the captain of the Atlantic Division team will be Yarmir Yager from Florida Panthers. Yager. Yes. Who is bringing back – remember I, I talked about um, he's going to bring back the mullet? So oh, yeah. Bringing back the mullet. Um, and we also have Patrice Bergeron, amazing forward from Boston. Uh, Leo Komarov, Dylan Larkin uh, from Detroit, uh, Komarov from Toronto, the, the Maple Leafs, and uh, Ryan O'Reilly from Buffalo. And to round out this amazing list of forwards, we have Steven Stamkos of the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Lightning. That's another man who you would get puppies from. Oh, I know Stamkos. You would definitely get puppies from Stamkos. Uh, their defensemen are going to be Aaron Ekblad from Florida, Eric Carlson from Ottawa, and P.K. Subban from the Montreal Canadiens. And then tending goal in the crease are going to be Ben Bishop, who is just amazing, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, and then Roberto Luongo, who's always good from Florida. <laughs> I love his name. Yes. Roberto Luongo? <laughs> yeah. He's, he's doing great things now that he finally got away from Vancouver, but... Um, yes, their head coach is actually going to be the Florida Panthers coach, uh, Gerard Gallant. So that, that, that should be a pretty good team. They got a good shot. Uh, then we have the Central Division. Their forwards are going to be – now, you might recognize a couple of these names. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're, first of all, their um, their team captain is Patrick Kane from Chicago Blackhawks. Psh, whatever. Uh, their other forwards are going to be Jamie Benn. Yeah. Your puppy guy from Dallas. Uh, Matt Duchesne from Colorado. Tyler Seguin. So two Dallas guys. Seguin. What? Sagan. Don't say that. Don't say, it's Sagan. Just pronounce it correctly. It's okay. It's yeah. like penguin. It's Sagan. Okay. Yes. Anyways, it is Sagan. You're correct. Um, but uh, we also have Vladimir Tarasenko from the St. Louis Blues, the mad Russian, the amazing Vladimir Tarasenko. We'll crush you. Oh, my God. I can't say enough good things about that kid. And then rounding out, we have another Blackhawk, but he's, you know, some people know him, Jonathan Taze. You know, eh, not, a big, not a big guy, eh. but, you know. Uh, our defensemen, we have Dustin Bufflin uh, from Winnipeg. We have Roman Josie from Nashville, Shea Weber from Nashville. And uh, then goaltenders, we have Dubnyuk from Minnesota and then Patrick Rene from Nashville. So we got three Nashville players, uh, two two Dallas guys, a St. Louis fella, and a couple Heck Chicago yeah. guys. Yeah. Only three points back in Chicago. There you go. Uh, the Dallas Stars coach will actually be coaching Lindy this team Ruff. as well. Lindy Ruff. Now, then we move over to the Metropolitan Division. Uh, forwards, our team captain, which is a huge surprise, Alex, Alex Ovechkin uh, from Washington. Eh, uh, he's all right. Also joining him from his Washington crew is uh, Nicholas Backstrom. Who Are you sure no, no Ovechkin won't be busy cleaning off his neighbor's driveways of snow? No, no, he'll be fine. But his rap career might get in the I know way. he was doing that. Yes. Well, yeah, he's a good guy, man. People in Washington <laughs> love Alex Ovechkin. It, you saw the the video, right? They, the local news pulled up, and he was at the gas station yeah. filling up these <laughs> cars. It's like, yeah, this is not bad. I'm from Russia. In Russia, this is, this is light it's, snow. Uh, it's fine. This I, is Tuesday in Russia. I clean neighbors' driveways <laughs> for them in my tank top. Have you seen his music videos, Alex Ovechkin? No. He... he Fancies himself as a little bit of a rapper. <laughs> oh god, um, it's it's quite hilarious. You should YouTube them. At some My point. favorite video of Ovechkin though is the sports. This is Sports Center commercial. Yeah, where he's in he's in the filing room. Oh yeah, yeah. Stanbrook <laughs> comes by. Hey, what are you doing? Some late night. Those are some late night filings. What are you, a Russian spy? 
<laughs> he goes, his face just turns to the, the guy some. opens up the ceiling. That was close. <laughs> it zips up there. Uh, so rounding out the Metropolitan That's Division. Uh, for forwards, <laughs> we have Claude Giroux of the Flyers. We have Evgeny Malkin. Gino from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Brandon Saad from the Blue Jackets. And then uh, John Tavares from the Islanders rounding that out. Defensemen, Justin Falk from Carolina. Chris Letang from Pittsburgh. And Ryan McDonough from the Rangers. Then uh, in the crease, we have Brian Holtby from Washington and Corey Schneider from the New Jersey Devils. Their head coach, of course, will be uh, Ovechkin's coach, Barry Trotz from the Washington Capitals. And then last but definitely not least, and some people's favorite to win it all, uh, the Pacific Division. We have, first of all, our forward, uh, our forward team captain, fan-footed favorite, who doesn't even play in the NHL currently. Uh, John Scott. All right. John Scott, who's still listed as an Arizona Coyote. I really though, want him to go and just level somebody. I'm I'm just, sure he will put up plenty of entertainment. Right when the puck drops. There will be plenty of entertainment from John Scott if, if he gets playtime. Right to the groin. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. Um, r- r- rounding out the rest of the Pacific Division, we have Tyler H- or Taylor Hall from Edmonton, uh, Joe Pavelski from the San Jose Sharks, uh, Corey Perry from Anaheim, Daniel Sedin from Vancouver and uh, Johnny Gerardo from Calgary. Uh, our defenseman, Brent Burns, which that was a surprise to me. There are better defensemen on the San Jose Sharks than Brent Burns, but it is what it is. Um, Ed Drew Doughty from the Kings of L.A., uh, who will be getting one, maybe two new football teams soon. Um, then we also have Mike Giordano from the Calgary. And then uh, our goaltenders are going to be John Gibson from Anaheim and Jonathan Quick from the L.A. Kings. The L.A. Kings head coach, Daryl Sutter, will be their coach as well. So look forward to all of that. will be happening this Sunday, January 31st. It's the first time that it's been a three-on-three tournament, um, which will be fun because they're going to have the – it's going to be basically winner-take-all round robin. So it's going to be single elimination. Nice. So you'll have two play, and then the winners of those play for the, the, the championship. That'll be fun. I'll, I'll yeah. probably actually watch this. It'll be a lot of fun. And one of the things that I always love about All-Star Weekend, uh, the skills competition is always fun. Like, it's super entertaining. Now, is that on Saturday? That's on Saturday. And what is, is it just – the only thing I can picture is them, like, shooting at target really small targets <laughs> no there, i assume there's much more than there's that. much more than that actually they they have a uh, they have the target base game which they have the four targets in the four corners that they have to hit it's they, a they probably accuracy. have the ice girls sitting on some stools and an apple on their head and no you no, no, shoot no. it off unfortunately we haven't got to no that point. when did no. they when did they get rid of that i think ovech can kill the girl doing that so uh, we, we tried not to do that anymore he's close he, he's close uh he hit her face uh, her forehead was too big she's a manning um <laughs> You don't want Patrice Bergeron uh, taking shots like that at you either. So, um, but no, they have a they have a hardest slap shot competition. Uh, they have hardest a, slap shot. Yeah, they have skating competitions. Uh, they have um, oh, they have the uh, it's kind of like the slam dunk competition, but for goals. Uh, where they do crazy, crazy stuff like tri- basically trick shots, um, which is that's that's the one to watch. T.J. Oshie there. T.J. Oshie is not there. Oh, He's not. No, he is not. This uh, is a travesty. I mean, he went to Washington. He's doing better in Washington than he did in yeah. uh, St. Louis. But uh, he's still kind of one of those guys that you really just count on for shootouts more than anything. Um, so, yeah, that's a. Uh, that's the blue line for this week. Nice. That's uh, make sure that you watch this weekend because even if you're not a hockey fan, it's hockey. It is the best weekend of hockey to watch, other than the the Stanley Cup playoffs, obviously. So uh, yeah. So with that, we're going to uh, go right on over to uh, 
the down under in uh, the read between the lines. Yes, read between the lines this week. Why tennis. are you obsessed with Australia? Well, because tennis is back. Like last week's odd sports grab bag was all Australia. Now your read between the lines is Australia. Who isn't obsessed with Australia? I mean, I got not, the not since Paul Hogan. The rugby, Australian Rose football. They got <laughs> Fosters. That's <Has> great. <laughs> fighting around the world. Fighting around the world. All right. The Australian Open is going on right now. Right now. This second. On the men's side, mm -hmm. you have Djokovic versus Federer this weekend. I think I know who will win that. And you've got Murray on the other side. And Bill? Yes, Bill Murray nice. has made it all the way to the quarterfinals of the Australian Open. He played in the big game in Space Jam. I would not hold it past He's him. He's got one of those umbrella hats on. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise It's me. fun to watch, really. <laughs> no, so it's probably going to be Murray coming out on the other side Yeah, in, in the finals. Now, he could get upset, but it, he's the two seed. He's probably going to advance. So gotcha. the, the big match this weekend is Djokovic-Federer. Mm -hmm. That's going to be awesome. Djokovic-Federer. It's great. You, you seem very excited. I love it. tennis. Yeah. Now, usually I only watch a lot of Wimbledon mm -hmm. and the French Open. Gotcha. Those are the two that I watch almost from the, not from the very start, but starting rounds two and three, I, I really watch. The other ones, Australian Open, U.S., I really don't watch until the semis mm -hmm. because usually it's, it has to get to the semis where I start recognizing some of these guys' names. <laughs> On the women's side, I don't know you till the playoffs. <laughs> on the on the women's side, Serena Williams, big surprise, and Radwanska, Radwanska, Radwanska. I don't think I've heard of her. She's the number all. four seed. And then on the other side, it's four women that I have no idea who they are. Really? Yes. So you would think that Serena would would advance and then win her twenty second Grand Slam title in, in this in Australian fourteen Open. years, mind you. No. Unbelievable. <laughs> and I mean, she's clearly the best. But she has this tendency to lose to competitors that she really shouldn't once yeah. she gets the MIs and then the finals. Sometimes she's she's lost. But we're picking nits here when she's won 22 Grand Slam titles. She's too busy doing IBM commercials. Yeah. That's the problem. So she she's 34, and she's still number one in the world. So let me ask you this, because you watch tennis, and it is not a sport that I follow very much. Yes. Like, I know Federer... And uh, the, the last time I actually watched tennis, I believe, was when Agassi was still playing. So yes. if that tells you anything. Um, so you have Serena Williams, who's doing quite well. She's always doing good. What happened to Venus? Does she just not exist I mean, anymore? I mean, she was still a, a great tennis player. That that you're, you're speaking Cause you to. Because you used to hear only about the Williams sisters. Well, that's that's the that's just highlighting how great Serena is. Yeah. She's 34 and still doing this. In tennis, professional tennis, your prime is from probably around 22 or younger to 26. Okay. That's it. And then you, the vast majority of people start peeding off at a great rate. Venus still won something like seven or eight Grand Slam titles. Yeah. Which is good, like top 10 ever. It's just that Serena is unbelievable. She's one of the greatest U.S. athletes ever. 22 Grand Slam titles. That's just unbelievable. And yeah. she's still doing it at 34. That's a lot of titles. And she does it just the so power. So is Venus retired then, or does she No, still I mean, she's still playing. Okay. Um, she's had a slew of injuries over the past couple of years. Gotcha. And she's not horrible. Because it was like she just fell off the map. She's still advanced to a few uh, semis, and I think she even got to a final against Serena last year. Wow. But I mean, that, that just speaks more I'm to. I'm surprised that wasn't a pay-per-view. 
Venus's career track was more like your typical great player. Gotcha. Serena is on another level. She's a transcendent talent. She's the Steph Curry of tennis. No, she's more like the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh wow! Just the length. Woo! Gotcha. That's 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 more. Yeah. There you go. Well, when she's down, she she serves aces uh, 5.6 more ti- percent more times than than her opponents. Well, there you go. I learned that from the Watson commercial. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> On the men's side, back to my obsession. Roger Federer. I, I love Federer so much. I've, I I started watching tennis when I was little because mm-hmm. we'd always – put on Wimbledon and stuff because we always go to my uh, granddad's house around that time of the year and okay. we'd always watch it with family and so and you grew I, up in a nice part of town is what you're saying it's just on TV those of us who grew it's up in the on, ghetto we uh, we didn't watch tennis it's on ESPN <laughs> it's on NBC fair enough fair enough but and I also played tennis when I was little okay. so I got really into it around the turn of the century in the early aughts I watched a lot of it and when I got really into it was basically when Federer was just entering his dominance. I mean, he spent over 300-plus weeks as number one. That's just that's incredible. That's years and years and years. That's longer than Tiger ever stayed Spoken like one. a true pregnant woman. 300 weeks. <laughs> and Federer, it just, I also love him because of his style of play. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful to watch. He is fun to watch. His one-handed backhands, are, it's, it's like – Everyone always tries to describe tennis as them with painting with brushstrokes, and I don't think anybody encapsulates that image more than when you watch Federer play. It's just like he sweeps it, and he just sweeps the ball and paints it, especially when he was at his peak. Yeah, It's just breathtaking to watch. And the fact that he's still doing this, getting to these semifinals, being ranked number three in the world, which he is right now, yeah. especially on the men's side. I was talking about how crazy it was for Serena to be 34 and still doing this. On the men's side – being 34 and still beating almost everybody in the world is it's unbelievable it's it's hard to even wrap your mind around let me just take you through some of the greats ever so do you have one and two like like if he's ranked number three like who's who's better than him Djokovic and Murray okay number one and two um and like Djokovic is 29 or 28 and Nadal is 29 and you can even see Nadal breaking down Mm -hmm. he lost in the first round didn't lose Australian Open and Djokovic is 28. He's still in his prime, but he's six years younger. Um, so let me take you through some of the greats ever to the put this greatest into, of all time. to put this into perspective on what he's doing. Okay, Pete Sampras mm-hmm. retired at 30. Andre Agassi retired at 36. Mm-hmm. And this is not when they want were last prominent. This is when they quit, when they quit entirely. Yes, Sampras at 30. Agassi at 36. Yvonne Lindell at 34. Boris Becker 31. John McEnroe 33. Bjorn Borg, 26. Jimmy Connors at 39. He was the one kind of outlier. He made a semifinal in the U.S. Open yeah. uh, at 39. But his last finals appearance was at 32. So those those are some of the, the best players ever, and most of them retired before the age of 34, most before the age of 32. Yeah. Federer is still going, and he's still an elite player. He's still making fi- semis every single tournament and making finals in some of these. Yeah. He won Wimbledon in 2012. He could easily win a number, another Wimbledon. It's, it's, it's incomparable. And tack on, oh, by the way, he's won 17 Grand Slam titles. And he could, he could get to 18. He could get to – who knows when he's going to stop? He could go to when he's 36 and still be competing. It's, it's, I just love that he's still there. 
because I, I just want to relish watching him as long as we can. This is fun because I'm, I actually feel like I'm learning so much about you right now because <laughs> I've never seen you talk about any athlete as passionately as you're talking about Roger Federer right now. It's And this is how I would have viewed Tiger if he had still kept on it. And all he that didn't bang Denny's And all that, all that stuff didn't come out. <laughs> like, I still love Tiger, yeah. but only purely as an athlete. I mean – it's hard to say because I don't know any of these guys. And that's always the thing that sports fans have to reconcile with is that we don't know any of these guys. Mm-hmm. All all the stuff that we read and see and hear them speak and all this stuff. It's all hearsay. It's all hearsay. Yeah. It's getting a little better now in the Internet age where we can have access to some stories about guys. We can have trolls post whatever they want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we have people. We, we kind of get a better view, but we still don't know these guys. But I, I love Federer as much as I can love an athlete off on and off the court uh, without actually knowing them. Fair enough. Except for Dirk. Dirk is a buff. <laughs> Dirk is a separate category. Okay. But, like, right below that, just, and that's the only reason, like, Djokovic, he's a great player too. The only reason I haven't – I don't really like him and actively cheer against him mm-hmm. is because I just want to see Federer win more. Yeah. It's nothing against Djokovic. It's just I just want to see Federer win more. I got you. So I think I think everybody, every any sports fan in the world has one player who has changed their 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 fandom or sports for them for for their life. Uh, with me, it was Martin Brodeur. Um, he he was he was the greatest goaltender that ever lived uh, in the NHL. And he was actually the reason that I liked hockey. So I, I understand that. And I think everybody has that that Roger Federer for you. Is is he your number one? No, no, no. Who's your number one of all time? Dirk. Dirk is number one of all time. Number one. It's not even close. Really. Okay. I mean, I I love Federer, but but see the way you're talking about Federer is the way most people talk about their number one. He's that way. Like he's that way for me in tennis. Mm-hmm. But on a full, I mean, Dirk is just there's there's no one that will ever come close because when I was growing up. My dad took me to Mavericks games, and out of all sports, out of all Oklahoma State, college, pro, whatever, mm-hmm. basketball is my favorite, and specifically the NBA, and even more specifically the Dallas Mavericks. Like, if I had to pick one team and just get rid of all other sports, uh-huh. it would be the Mavericks. Wow. And he was drafted in 19, 1998, mm-hmm. so I was six. So he basically, as as I was coming into my sports consciousness, he was there. And those were the games that I went to the most by far. I've gone to anywhere from 110 to 130 Mavericks games over my lifetime. Wow. And he was there for every single one of them. I've seen him in two different finals. I, he, I, he's been there as long as I can remember. So that's there. no one's ever going to copy that. I'm picturing a little six-year-old Reed in, in his Dirk jersey. Like. Yep. <laughs> so – and I feel like that's for most people. That's that's the way it happens. Yeah. Is that the guy that you grow up with is your favorite athlete, and he will be forever and ever. Because there's there's no way you can replicate that adolescent ad- admiration. Yeah. And just putting putting him on the level of a deity, basically. Makes sense. And I actually got to meet Dirk once. Oh wow! I was had uh, doing an internship for ESPN Radio in Dallas, and he they they were like the day before. Well, I know you're not supposed to come in tomorrow, but Dirk's coming in for an interview, so if you want to stop by, I was like, <laughs> you spent the night there. Yeah, yeah, that sounds pretty great. Yeah, that, that, I think I can stop by. <laughs> and thankfully, he w- he went in the broadcast booth first, and uh-huh. I was on the other side of the glass. 
So you were able to so compose I, yourself? Yeah, I was <laughs> able to. Because if, if he walked into the room where I was first, I might have just collapsed. Said I something woke, dumb woke and passed out. Woke up like two hours later like, huh, what, Dirk, where? Huh? Oh, he, he left an hour ago. Hawking Doss. <laughs> what? <laughs> so it was. Oh, that's he, awesome. He was so tall. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was NBA players tend to do seven that. Seven feet. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Shook his hand. He's like, hello, I'm Dirk. I was like, I know. His hand was bigger than your forearm. Uh, yep. Yeah. And it, the funniest part was there was me and two other interns there. Yeah. And we he met all of us. He went down the line. And we were just kind of staying there for a little bit. And one he didn't know we were interns. And one of the guys that was interviewing him said, oh, these are interns. And Dirk's like, oh, cool. And just kind of <laughs> stood around for like two seconds of silence. And he's like, well, good luck with your careers. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dirk. That is awesome. It was it was pretty funny. Let me know when you have real job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Fair yes, enough. that is the read between the lines. All we right. delved into a little bit of my sports past there. That's good though. That's that's what opens it's, you up. That's what people really want to care did about. Tug on the heartstrings. Yeah, we will. Tugged on the heartstrings and the down under, just like I said. Boom. Boom. All right. So with that, uh, that's actually going to wrap up this episode of Randomosity Sports Podcast. Um, but tune in next week when we go way overboard and in-depth into Super Bowl 50. Super we're gonna talk, Bowl 50. We're going to talk Carolina. We're going to talk Denver. We're going to talk about their, their triumphant uh, victories all the way to this moment. Uh, we're also going to talk about Super Bowls of the past. We're probably going to – I'm probably going to come up with some sort of weird, torturous game for, for Reed. Or Perfect. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll make him do it to me. Who knows? Uh, but either way, we'll uh, we'll have all kinds of football goodness. Uh, so make sure that you tune into that. And uh, in the meantime, for uh, my co-host, Reed Rip Ripley, I'm Frank Beefcake Monroe, telling you to go long, go deep, go hard, go Randomosity Sports. Besides antagonizing sports fans, that is my new favorite thing. <laughs>